Let's go ahead and start with a, with a prayer. God, please breathe on us. Um, fill us with, with life anew until we will say what you would have us say, love what you would have us love, do what you would have us do. And uh, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, I'm not Chris Breslin. I'm sorry. Um, I know, I know. It's shocking. It's a beard, you know, very similar. Um, Chris likes to have me preach every now and then, uh, you know, rarely just uh, so that we will more appreciate as a congregation, uh, appreciate him as a preacher. Um, so, you know, that's, that's my role, but I do enjoy it, so, so thanks for, for uh, letting me do it every now and then. Um, We've been walking through Ephesians. Um, we're on Ephesians 5 today. But I think it's important before we, before we read today's passage to kind of talk about um, where we are in the passage, where we are in the letter. Because it is a letter, right? It's, it was intended to be read straight through. Um, and it's structured you know, kind of intentionally, right? Uh, so it's useful to know kind of where we've come from, where we are right now. So... Chris has been kind of challenging us or encouraging us as a congregation to, um, to read through the letter, read through Ephesians once, once a week. Um, it doesn't take very long. It's not that long of a letter. And some weeks I have and some weeks I haven't, but I'm not supposed to admit that. No, some weeks I have, some weeks I haven't. And if you have, uh, then, then you'll notice that there's a kind of a, a structure. It's kind of a pattern that it follows. The first half of the book, roughly, is talking about what God has done, what God has done for us um, what God is doing for us and for the Ephesians, what God will be doing uh, for us. And so it has things like, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. And because of his great love for us, God, who's rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even though we were dead in transgressions in order that the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Uh, there's a lot of, of really powerful language uh, in the first, the first half of this letter about, about the amazing things that God has done and is doing and, and will do. And then there's a break in the middle. Paul takes it to the bridge, and we go to a prayer, uh, this amazing prayer in, in Ephesians 3 that Joey talked about a few weeks ago where he prays things like that, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And this, is, this, is really, this is really powerful stuff. And then, and then halfway through the book, then there's, there's a break, there's a pivot. And uh, he goes from talking about what God has done and is doing to what we do in response. It, 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 it hinges on this, this word, therefore. And so, therefore, since that is true, here's how we respond to that. Um, Chris has said that the rest is to how to live on this side of the therefore. And so this is what God has done. This is what 
who we are in light of that, a lot about our identity, and here's how we live like this is true. This is how we respond to that. So now Lindsay, I think, is going to come and, and read the passage. Ephesians 5, 1 through 20. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed because, of the, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, because, because such things, wait, sorry. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are, not, who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord." Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, then, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So there's a whole lot here, right? This is a long passage. There's, there's a lot that we could dig into in this passage. Uh, I think there's probably six or seven sermons in here easy, right? You could, you could have a whole sermon on the first verse that the top line there is cut off, but it's uh, you know, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. There's at least a sermon there, right? In fact, he's actually taking the, the golden rule and he's twisting it sideways, right? It's not like do unto others as you have them do unto you. It's do unto others as Christ has done unto you. There's, uh, there's at least a sermon on um, what the Bible says about sex. There's, there's a lot in this passage about sex. He talks about impurity. Um, and there's... There's a lot there. That would be a hard sermon to write. It would be a hard sermon to hear um, because what, what this is saying to the Ephesians about sex is just as countercultural and unpopular for the Ephesians in 60 AD as it is for us in, in Durham in, in 2015. Like it's, uh, 
to them, this would have sounded backwards and unenlightened. Um, there's uh, at least a whole sermon in here about this, this line about this obscenity, foolish talk, and coarse joking here. Uh, how expansive is that? Did, did he just condemn like every sitcom on TV? Um, like what, what is good humor then? Um, and that's, that's three sermons in, in the first four verses. So, you know, get comfortable. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, um, we are going to try to look at this passage kind of through the lens of the first verse. I think the first, uh, the first two verses, this uh, follow God's example, as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. If you, if you had to sum up the whole passage, you could sum up the whole passage with that verse, right? Walk in the way of love as dearly loved children just as Christ loved us. Um, and the rest of this is, is expounding on that. That's, that's, we're going to try to look at the, at the passage kind of through the lens of that metaphor. That means we're going to leave a whole lot on the table. There's a lot of things here that we're not going to get, be able to explore to, like it deserves to be explored. Um, so I, I, I would like to encourage you, if, if anything else comes out of this, to, to spend some time kind of soaking in this passage. And in the chapter before, it's all kind of part of the same train of thought, the part that Chris talked about last week. Um, meditate on some of these verses. Some of these verses about this start with you are X. That, that deserves some, I mean, that, there are amazing statements there that are just, that are great to just kind of soak in and, uh, and spend some time with. Um, and there's encouraging stuff about our identity. There's challenging stuff about how to be who we are. So, walk in the way of love. It sounds good, right? I mean, I like that. I, I, I kind of connect with that, that metaphor. Um, I want to be known as someone who, who walks in the way of love, as someone who loves someone well, right? Um, but I think most of us do, I assume. But what does that look like? How do you how do, you do that? Um, we're going to look at some, some signposts, some directions I think he gives on how to, how to walk in the way of love, and then, and then some tips, some, some helps of, of, of how... Um, how to do this well. Um, so it's, there's going to be some, some what, what to do, where to go, and some how. So start out. If you're going to give directions to, say, come to Oak Church, um, you might say, uh, let's say you're coming from the south. Um, you might say, you go up Chapel Hill Street, um, you come to a stop sign at like Bivens and there's like a tortilleria on the corner and the church is on your left and, and if you pass like the scrap exchange, you've come too far, right? And by no means should you ever pass a sign that says welcome to Wake County because something's gone very wrong, right? Um, side note, before the, uh, the days of like cell phones with GPSs in them, um, side note to the side note, to the students, there was a day before cell phones with GPSs in them. Um, the, 
my parents are actually here, they could tell you stories. This is, this is actually how you would need to give me directions um, before I had a phone that would tell me when to turn left. Um, I, uh, they can tell you stories at potluck, I'm sure, about me like getting lost and accidentally ending up in the wrong state. Um, so uh, I'm not kidding. Um, so for me, it's like totally reasonable to say, if you find yourself on a bridge going over a major body of water, you've done something wrong. Like you're not going the right direction. Um, Meg can actually tell you about that too. Um, there was uh, there's a point when I lived in Northern Virginia, uh, and uh, I was talking to Meg on the phone, and I was walking. Uh, this is actually before before we were married. If anyone hasn't gathered, Meg is, is actually my wife now. This this story didn't change that. Um, uh, at this point before we were married, um, I think we were in like the, this awkward, like, like we're friends, but we don't like each other. We just talk on the phone all the time, um, which is a whole nother sermon. Um, <laughs> but that's beside the point. Um, so we're in this, in this, uh, this period. I was, we were talking on the phone, and I was walking to the grocery. I think I was walking to Trader Joe's. Um, and I, I lived about a mile from, from the grocery. So at some point, we'd be talking for a while, and Meg says, so are you, are you there yet? We've been talking for a while. And I'm like, uh, no. I'm not, I'm not quite sure where I am, actually. Um, but uh, and, she's, and she pauses for a second, and it's one road to get to Trader Joe's. Yeah, but... But the road kind of winds, and so I thought I'd, I'd go down this little subdivision and just kind of cut through and kind of cut off a part of that. And, and, it was, and I think I'm, I might have taken some wrong turn in there, and I don't know where I am. But I'm pretty sure if I just, you know, if I just go left, I, I, I'm pretty sure I can get back. And we talked for a while longer. Um, and after about an hour, she started talking about, like, getting in her car and driving two hours north to where I, am, where I was to, um, to rescue me. And uh, so, I, I, you know, at this point I, I say, well, no, I, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm almost there. I'm, I'm, I know where I am. I, I can tell, like, if I just go, like, over this hill, I think I can, I think Trader Joe's is going to be right on the other side of this. So I go up this hill, I stop and I look. And I expect to see, like, you know, a glowing, like, two-buck chuck. And I see a field with men on it. And they have, like, little white pants, like, down to here. And they're playing cricket. And I'm like, I've taken a wrong turn and ended up in Pakistan. I don't, I don't know how this is possible. To this day, I, I've looked on maps of Reston. I have never seen where this was. There's no cricket field in Reston. I don't know what happened. Um, but that's where I was. And eventually, after you know, some time, some hours, I did make it to Trader Joe's. I did, I did make it home. Um, but all that is to say, I'm not, I'm not good with directions. Um, yeah, I tell you that to tell you this. Um, so it's totally reasonable if you're going to give me directions to somewhere to say like you know you should go this way. You know there's a landmark on your left. You know there's this signpost, and at no point should you pass a cricket field. 
that's, that's okay. Um, Paul's describing what it's like to walk in the way of love that, that way, right? He's saying, follow God's example as dearly loved children, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. This is, you know, the way of love is the way that Christ loved us, especially in giving himself up for us and giving up something that was rightfully his for our benefit, right? And then he comes to the wrong way part. But among you, there should not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity or foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And it goes on to the next slide. For, For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, Christ's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. Paul's saying, if you go here, you have gone too far. Like you, are, you have made a wrong turn. That was not a shortcut. This is not the way of love. Um, there's, a, there's a lot here. This is, this is weighty stuff. Um, I did find that in, kind of in rehearsing this, if I do dig into this kind of to the, the level that that we should. The sermon goes for about 50 minutes. And if, if, if any of you don't know, um, you know Meg is, uh, she defends her nursery and uh, Sunday school volunteers with her blood. <laughs> and she would do me bodily harm. So, so we're not gonna, gonna dig into what all of, that, all of that means. But there are a couple things that I do wanna pull out. Um, first of all, uh, in this list of, of things, um, the first list of, of things that, that you should not be passing these signs. This is, this is not on the way. Sexual morality, impurity, or greed. Um, that jumped out at me because one of these things is not like the other, right? We have something, you know, sex, sex, greed. Um, that might be there to, to help communicate, like, sin is sin. Right? We, we might tend to, to harp on, on sexual sin more than, than other kinds. But uh, if you're trying to get to Oak Church and you pass a sign that says, welcome to Wake County, or you pass a sign that says, you know, welcome to Chatham County, either way, you're not going the right way. Right? Um, sin is, is still sin. Um, so don't do these things. Don't even talk about them. Don't come near them. If you see this, you've gone too far. That's not how you walk in love. And then nestled in the middle, there's another signpost. There's uh, at the bottom, bottom of this slide. Um, he says, you know, there shouldn't be any obscenity or foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. That but rather thanksgiving that I want to uh, talk about for a minute. Because that's not what I would have thought would be there, right? I would have thought in, in the context here it would be, but rather holiness, or but rather righteousness. But he says, but rather thanksgiving. I think for a lot of us, um, and, and me a lot, of, a lot of times, that is kind of a foreign way to look at the world, right? Uh, I think a lot of us w- would tend to feel that um, maybe the world is, is in some way, it's, it's kind of out to get us. It's us versus the world. Or maybe um, we have a, a kind of a detached aloofness 
um, this kind of cynical aloofness that, that is kind of the, the du jour. I think at some point or another, most of us probably feel that way. Maybe God is angry at us. Maybe God would become angry at us if we do the wrong thing. Um, then depending on circumstances, depending on what's happening with us, we might find ourselves um, either angry or defeated. Um, Paul, I think, is offering a drastically different worldview here. We are dearly loved children. Um, that, is, that is our fundamental view of the world. Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So our happiness then doesn't depend on what's happening around us because our fundamental response in, in any circumstance can be thanks towards God because he still loves us no matter what is, is happening. Remember, Paul's actually writing this letter from prison. Um, he's in prison for something that he didn't do. We talked about thankfulness in, in the last verse. Um, I'm going to flip for a second to the, the fourth slide. Um, he, he talks about thankfulness again, so I think that it, it, it bears spending some time on. Um, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ at the, at the bottom. That, uh, that's one of the signs that you're filled with the Spirit. Now, I do think that that, that last verse, as, as an aside, that can be potentially taken a little far, and it has, has been at times. I don't think that he's saying, um, and be thankful for everything. Um, I don't think he's denying that tragedies are tragedies, right? We can still accept that bad things, bad things do happen. We still live in a fallen world. We still live in a world where, where things go wrong. And there's a strong biblical tradition of lament, and that's, and that's okay. Um, that, is, that is good. Um, so we don't have to thank God for cancer. We can thank God that we are dearly loved children, even in the face of cancer, because that remains true. We can thank God for being our loving father while also weeping for the, with those who weep. Um, thankfulness isn't like pretending all things are rosy. But it's, it's admitting that the base reality is that God is good and, and he loves us. Now, I'm, I'm preaching to myself here, of course. I am, in high school, I was actually voted most sarcastic. Thanks. That was the one senior superlative that wasn't actually positive. And, um, I've never been accused of being a cheerful person. Um, we're living in, in kind of a, an age where that is like totally, totally appropriate, right? It's like hipsterdom and apathy and irony are like the core virtues. Um, thankfulness is a, is a fundamentally different worldview from that. If I'm reading the section right, especially the, the section on the first slide that we're talking about, um, it's not enough to, to not do these negative things any more than staying out of Wake County gets you to Oak Church or staying out of cricket fields gets you to the cheap wine aisle. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Christine. <laughs> I need to have one in the crowd at, at any given time. Um, rather, these things are negative because you're not being thankful. And if you're not thankful, then your fundamental worldview is probably not that you are a dearly loved child of God. Right. That's a bit about, about some, some signpost for, for what it looks like to walk in the way of love, or at least what it, some things that it doesn't look like.
Um, then in the last, uh, in this last slide, uh, Paul's going to talk some about how, some some tips on how we do this or how we how we walk. To be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, for the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So live carefully, live wisely, live intentionally, live thankfully, live filled with the Spirit. Be, be careful how you live. That's actually on the, on the previous, just by the way, that the, uh, the things um, broke out on the slides. But be careful how you live. One thing I like about this, this section is it's admitting, um, Paul and, and the Holy Spirit inspiring Paul here, is admitting that walking in the way of love, all of this stuff is not, is not easy. It doesn't necessarily flow naturally. Um, Living rooted and grounded in a new identity, it's, it's true, but it's not necessarily natural. And sometimes you have to stop and think about it, and that's okay. Um, it says, not as unwise, but as wise. Don't live without thinking. He doesn't say, go with your gut. He doesn't say, do what seems right. He, there are choices that are hard and sometimes not clear, and you have to sometimes stop and, and actually think about them. Sometimes your gut deceives you. Sometimes you're pretty sure this is a shortcut, and you really know that it's just the next left, and you're there, and just over this hill. Be wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Literally, that is um, redeem the time or buy back the time. Um, it could be probably, probably better translated as uh, make the most of the time. This is, this is a carpe diem phrase. Um, don't coast, right? If you really want to get to the you know, pound plus bars and two buck chuck and insert your favorite thing at Trader Joe's here, you, you can't just gotta get out of your house and kind of wander aimlessly in any direction. You certainly can't hang out on the couch and watch Netflix. That's, there's time for rest and relaxation, but be wise and make the most of the time. Don't be foolish. Foolishness in the, in the Bible is always defined as, as someone who ignores God. Right. If someone with a map tells you that you really shouldn't try to cut through a subdivision, then don't be foolish. Um, don't, don't ignore them and try to cut through anyway. Don't get drunk with wine. Don't anesthetize your self-control. It's hard to walk the right way if you're drunk. That metaphor kind of, like, you know, finishes itself, right? Be, instead, be filled with the Spirit. God said at the beginning of the letter that he's, uh, he's given us his spirit as a seal, as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. We were never intended to actually walk this alone. The rest of this verse is really an expansion on what, what be filled with the spirit means. Um, it's actually all part of the same sentence. Um, even on to the, the first sentence of the next, next passage, all part of the same Greek sentence. It says uh, this be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing and making music from your heart to God, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and submitting to one another in Christ. Be the, the, full, the full sentence there. Now, to be honest, like when I, when I see like speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, that, that strikes me as, as a little odd. Um, it makes me wonder if maybe like at potluck, we're supposed to be just singing a rousing chorus of bind us together, and, and maybe we're doing it wrong. Um, but I, it does make clear if we are speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, it makes it clear that, that we are not actually walking this alone, right? Not even just like you and someone on the phone who's like a friend, but not really a friend, but you're not really dating and, you know, whatever. Um, no, we're, we're encouraging one another as we walk on this journey together. And it's like everything in the Christian life. This is a communal trip, right? There's, there's pound plus bars and two buck chuck enough for all of us. Um, encourage each other. And we have to reinforce this, this radical worldview that not just with heady theological thoughts, but also with emotional appeals, with, with, with psalms, songs and, and hymns. That's how truth is really conveyed, right? That's why we sing here. That's why people have sung in churches um, for, since the very beginning. In fact, the, the, the quote in the middle, Awake, O sleep, and rise for the dead, for Christ will shine on you. Uh, best we know that's actually a quote from a song that the Ephesians would sing in their, in their worship. So maybe that's the last signpost. When you leave church and the rest of your life maybe looks a little bit more like what it looks like ideally in here. Um, and a little le bit less like all of that other stuff. Maybe we are walking more in the way of love. Now, this is, this is written to the Ephesians, and there's an assumption built in here that, that the people reading this have, have made a commitment to do this. They have started walking. They've said they wanted to walk, right? And that may or may not be true for, for all of us. Um, if, that, if that's something that doesn't, that sounds foreign, maybe, or, or that you're not sure that all of this heavenly, you know, beloved child of the Father is necessarily true, um, then don't, don't let that go. That's, that is a, perhaps the most important question that y you will tackle. So don't, don't coast on that, right? Be wise and, and follow that up. Talk to, talk to me, talk to Chris. Um, that's, that's worth pursuing as a question. Um, this, is a, this is a walk that starts with a step um, where you, you start participating in that mystery where it is you stepping but the Spirit stepping in you. Um, but that starts with a commitment. So walking in the way of love means being rooted, firmly rooted in the knowledge of who you are in Christ and thankful for all that that means and walking carefully and walking wisely and walking intentionally and filled with the Spirit. And let's pray. God, thank you for being good. Thank you for being holy. Thank you for being merciful. Thank you for giving us far more than we ever asked or imagined. 
Help us to know and to really understand that we are your dearly loved children. Give us the discernment, the wisdom, the will to walk in the way of love and filled with your spirit. And amen.